Campus Life. Sports, arts, and entertainment. All this and more on the spooky edition of the Viterbo Lumen Podcast with Mitchell Shaw starts right now. Welcome to the second spooky edition of the Viterbo Lumen podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Shaw, assistant editor to the Lumen newspaper. And joining me today once again is co-host Tommy Krobe. Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween. Thanks for having me again, Mitchell. Happy Halloween, Tommy Krobe. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. I could not love Halloween more, so I'm very glad to be doing this spooky rendition of the Lumen podcast. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm already shaking. But... It's just because I've, I'm so excited about what we got in store today. We have some really, really cool articles to highlight for you, and we got a lot of fun in store. Are you ready, Tommy Krobe? I am so ready. And with that, let's go to highlights. First up, we've got Campus Life. Mr. President, the table's yours. Thank you so much, Mitchell. So first of all, we have an article called Letter from the Interim Provost and Vice President for Student Affairs. This, of course, is the wonderful Rick Tritely, an icon here on campus, one of my favorite people, not just on campus, but in general, lovely person. A man of class, a man of dedication. Mm -hmm. It sounds like he's pretty proud of us, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Basically, this article is... um, More so a special letter specifically from Rick Tritely, just kind of congratulating and thanking all of the students of Viterbo for the hard work they've put in so far during the COVID-19 pandemic. He says, we've all been very patient. Um, We've all been very understanding. And he acknowledges it has not been easy, but while everyone has struggled, he hopes that we've all found support through the many services that Viterbo offers, the faculty, the other employees, or just from uh, our fellow peers. Um, And it's really just a very beautiful, inspiring letter and a good reminder that we're doing great things here, that while Viterbo is doing incredible as far as COVID cases are concerned, the greater La Crosse County is not doing quite as well. So it's another beautiful reminder of, well, yeah, we're struggling with all this, but it's working, you know? And and someone like Rick is very appreciative of it, and that just makes it all the more worth it. I, I, you know, this really, it's, it's a pat on the back because I know for a lot of us students, when we got back here, we're like, well, don't get too tied down because it'll be like three weeks, and then we're all going back, right? So no one wanted to bring a lot of furniture. But I think I'm just inspired by the fact that we got here and we were, you know, kind of passive. We were like, it's not going to work. And then we just surprised ourselves with how seriously we took this pandemic and how we're still here nine weeks into the first semester after mid-semester break and we're still going strong. If anything, I feel more safe now than when I first got here. I cannot agree more and it's an absolute miracle because I would not have imagined that in a million years. And we've done a lot of really, really good work. I mean, just in our department and other departments. I mean, everyone's still got that wonderful college stress, especially as we get closer to the end of the semester, but it's really it's inspiring. And honestly, I feel my like my ego has inflated 
twofold being a VHOC, and we, I think we, we are really, uh, we're, we're role models for our community and for the UWL community and others who have taken a hard hit during this pandemic. Could not agree more. All right, what else do we got on Campus Life, Mr. Krobe? All right, so this next one is written by our main editor, Jamie Curtis, and it is titled, Snapshot of the Viterbo Pride Club. So it's an article all about our Pride Club here on campus uh, and the great stuff they've been doing so far and ways to be included. So I'll just read you this first sentence here. Pride comes in all shapes and sizes and is not limited to just people who identify as non-straight orientation. The Viterbo University Pride Club is an all-encompassing, welcoming space for individuals on campus, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. So basically, the Pride Club is a safe spot for people who identify as a part of the LGBTQ plus community and every ally of the community. And they've already done a lot of great things. Um, Jamie points out in her article that students may have already seen the Pride Club on campus. Uh, On National Coming Out Day, they hosted a table outside of the Murphy Center. Um, This is annually celebrated on October 11th, and it's to help support those who have been open about their uh, sexual and gender identity. And so the Pride Club was able to put out a table and spread the message, show their support for everyone. And as time goes on, they're hoping to host movie nights featuring LGBT plus movies and create club t-shirts. And they're always looking for more people to join. They say they meet bi-monthly on Thursdays at 8 p.m. They would love to see you there. It's a nice article. It's it really you know it it it, it does the the club justice and when during a, a a period where not a lot of people were were informed of what what they are you know intentions were misconstrued. So I think it finally it, it gives them that their their due that they've been uh, so deserving of. Definitely, it's another great example of this wonderful sense of inclusion that we have at Viterbo. Hospitality, right? One of the core values. And exactly. We're doing St. Francis proud. I really think so. Me too. Yeah. What else do we got on campus life, Mr. Krobe? All right, so this next one was written by some yokel named Tommy Krobe. Uh, oh. It's called The Education Club's Lessons in Servant Leadership. Did you come up on the, with that title on your own? Or <laughs> did you that have, was me. Uh, that, did you that have that your big parents boy, step uh, in? And... That big boy title was, was written by yours truly. So basically, this was, a, um, this was a, a piece about our education club on campus, which is mostly comprised of uh, students on campus who are part of the education program to become future educators, but I've been reassured is open to way more people. Anyone can be involved. If you're interested in being someone that educates in the future, this is the club for you. And I think that is, in some ways, all of us. We're all going to be teachers in some way, shape, or form in our futures. So it's a brilliant club to practice those, uh, those qualities, those leadership and, and the servant leadership qualities, core value. So uh, I was very lucky, and I got to interview Cambry Prochaska. She is one of the co-presidents of the Education Club. And basically, she told me that the main focus of the, edu- the Education Club is their safe trick-or-treating. They do it every year. It's going to look a little different this year, but we're going to hear more about that from Cambry later on, which we're very excited about. Uh, So basically, they're implementing this new professional development aspect into the regular schedule. So this will entail the club picking a topic. The one that Cambry gave as an example was technology in the classroom. So this will be the club's main topic. They encourage all members to research it and uh, prepare themselves for this topic. 
in their future career as educators. And then they all bring what they've learned into the club and they share ideas and they promote the education of all sorts of different ways to educate others. That seems to be one of the biggest uh, obstacles for teachers, new teachers and old, that uh, <laughs> technology in the classroom is always seems to be, I mean, I've, I've seen some of the most tech savvy teachers still struggle with like <laughs> how to, how to manage a, a smart board or how to like project things. And it, it, you know, it's entertaining for us students, but like as you know, a new educator, you wanna be the most uh, first in, in these technologies and, and look professional. Absolutely, I think the biggest one right now is Zoom calls. Oh, Zoom calls. Every professor is still trying to figure out a way to uh, make those work. Some of them have the paid version of Zoom. Some of them you have to leave and re-enter their class every single day. And participation. I just I was just having a conversation with my friends, and he said that he woke up, he logged into Zoom, turned off his microphone and his video, and he slept through class. <laughs> but he still got the participation points because he was uh, he, he was, was there. he was there. <laughs> Very nice of you to not name drop. Confidentiality. You know. Of course, of course. Um, on to my, the last part of campus life for this week was another thing that I made which was a uh, Wisconsin presidential election chart. So basically what I did is I took the five candidates who are on our ballot for the presidential election in Wisconsin. So you got Joe Biden, you got Donald Trump, Joe Jorgensen. Joe, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Jorgensen? Joe Jorgensen, she's a Libertarian Party candidate. You got Brian Carroll, oh, he's the American fuck. Solidarity candidate. And don't, you got uh, Don Don't forget Blankenship. Don, yeah. Can't forget Don Blankenship. He's a, he's a, out there rooting for the Constitution Party, and I let you know which uh, which VPs they're running with, what their thoughts on weapon restrictions are, their thoughts on student loan debt relief, climate focus, uh, on military funding, and on the Affordable Care Act. So that is uh, all in a comprehensive chart on our website. So if if some of you out there still haven't voted yet, I hope you're planning on doing it uh, on November third. And if you need some help looking for someone to vote for for president, well, you got five options right on here, and you can see what all of them are standing for. I believe it's immensely helpful, and I, I applaud you on your work because, I, I mean, for me and for a, a lot of our, I mean, juniors below, this is our first election that we participated in. Mm -hmm. In 2016, we were 16 and under. So this is a new, exciting, it's a scary time. It's one of the most pivotal elections that I think I have ever seen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And even my parents, too, they were talking about how this is one of the most important elections to be a part of. And it's it's intimidating because you don't know all the facts. And thankfully to Tommy Crobe here, you have a simplified still, but a deep chart that, that goes into what they stand for. So Yeah, certainly. And, and I encourage everyone, if you're interested, to look more into these candidates because these are just a very baseline summary of how they feel on certain issues. And obviously there are a lot more uh, fish to fry than just five different issues for a presidential candidate. So I encourage you all to do more research of your own, but if you need a good place to start, maybe this chart is where you want to begin. Start with the chart. Start with the chart. To quote a crobe, start with the chart. Now on to sports. We have one new article on the sports page, courtesy of our sports editor, Maurice Savage. The title is Viterbo Hawks." cross-country works towards conference. And essentially, this article highlights some of our key players, some of our MVPs, if you will, on the uh, cross-country team. Tommy, we have one of the most talented, successful women's cross-country teams 
that I've ever seen, and I'm not even that versed in sports. So, mm-hmm. uh, this article is exciting for me to read. It definitely does highlight some uh, some successful runners, and uh, some highlights there. It also talks about how they've really fought against the odds with this pandemic and this shortened season, and how they're they're gearing up towards a very very important, very uh, exciting new conference. You know with being in the middle of a pandemic so definitely one for you you sports nuts you uh cross-country women's cross-country fans so definitely an article to check out totally yeah and i love how maurice took the time to spotlight some of the runners on the cross-country team you know he talks about uh, a freshman vanessa thomas right he talks about sophomore madeline adams um, and lets you know some of their time, some of their accomplishments, and overall gives you a little better sense of who exactly is running for our university. It even highlights some of our new, uh, our new runners to ever go to a national race for the first time. I mean, Brenna McDonough and Tommy, our good friend Lauren Hezog from, uh, from SGA. Absolutely. She's a close friend of ours, very, very competitive, very kind person, a great person to represent us. Uh, if they do make it to conference. Yeah, and just another example of how versatile all of the Viterbo University students are, you know? At one side of the one side of the table, she's secretary for SGA. The other side of the table, she's running like the wind and getting the nationals. We wish you the best of luck at the MT Mercy Mustang Jamboree on Friday, October 24th. Go V-Hawks! We at the Viterbo Lumen Podcast are rooting for you. And now we will transition to arts and entertainment. We have two brand new articles written by Hope Huffman for this, uh, this edition. The first one I'm very excited to talk about. We have Julius Caesar coming to campus this Halloween. The title of the article is All Hail Caesar. And an excerpt is, the students cannot wait to unveil their final product on Saturday, October 31st, Halloween at 11 a.m. There will be a second performance the next day, Sunday, November 1st at 1 o'clock p.m. The show is free for all who are in attendance. The audience will be required to be socially distanced and masked. Each family unit attending is asked to bring their own blankets and stay six feet apart. But it's a really exciting show for them to come be a part of. Absolutely. And, you know, you got all these rules to follow. Um, and it's outdoors, but I think it's important to remember that we're able to still make theater live on during this pandemic. And also, I hear it's going to be a really nice weekend. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be beautiful. And it's a new take on it. The really exciting, you know, because you think, I think with a lot of uh, people who are not as, you know, not on Shakespeare's boat, uh, on his train, to be exact, you know, mm-hmm. people who are not ex- as excited about Shakespeare might be hesitant because they're like, well, it's just old, boring Shakespeare language. You know, they could be wearing old-timey costumes. No, instead, the, uh, the collaborative team that put on Julius Caesar is taking the show and putting it in a dystopian-like future where everyone is required to wear masks. It's, you know, it, it kind of very much parallels like what we're going through right now, but puts it in a, in a dystopian setting. Like the costumes are all kind of like futuristic, dystopian aesthetic. It's very, very exciting. And the fact is, the really cool part, Tommy, is there is no director. Essentially, you get to be director for a day. You, that one cast member takes notes and, and gives it to the other actors, and it's just, 
it's one of the most interesting ways I've ever seen theater done. But in a time where students are taking initiative, theater initiative projects, and putting on their own shows, it just it makes sense. And I, from what I've gathered, it's a really, really good show. I bet it is. Uh, I am very, very excited. I have officially reserved uh, my spot for Saturday's show at 11 a.m., going with my roommate, and I am very excited to see it. I, um, I did not know very much about this, I, as it turns out. I didn't know it was dystopian. I, I hope they're not suggesting that we will all still have to wear masks in the distant future. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Tommy. I hope you know that masks are not around for as long as uh, uh, into the future where this show apparently takes place, but it very much, this entire show reflects the society we have now. I mean, one of the comments, uh, one of the quotes really is uh, uh, where Logan Janzarek, one of the, of the uh, people who, who decided to do this, uh, it, I think it was Logan and Peyton Harper that decided to, to take on Julius Caesar and get, get a cast together and then make this collaborative product that's aesthetically pleasing, and I'm very, I'm very excited to see uh, how entertaining it is. But he, they, they, the reason they picked this material is because, like, with the dirty politics and the, the toxic political atmosphere, really kind of resonates a lot with the society we have now, and that was one of their motives, apparently, uh, with picking this show. I think that's terrific. I don't want to spoil anything, but I hear somebody dies in it. Don't tell me who. It's secret safe with me. It was very important for, for when we, I mean, I interviewed Logan, too, for the Student Initiative Project, and I told him, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know, okay? I don't even want to open a history book. Julius who? Don't want to know. I know. Like, we've only had 400 years to read this play. Like, please give me a couple more days without spoilers. I'm a procrastinator, okay? Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with, I didn't see Star Wars right away. It got spoiled for me. Ruined my whole year. Ruins it all. So, if you're listening to this now, do not text me how, who dies because I am going to see it actually at the 4 o'clock show on Saturday. I also oh. have it RSVP. And we encourage all those who were planning to attend to RSVP for contact tracing because we just want to be safe and continue to be the awesome role models that we are. The next article was written also by Hope Huffman. It is What to Watch or it is about what to watch this Halloween season. Because we're all in quarantine right now, we have to plan safe things. So the article, the title of this article, the article, is uh, watch these shows during Halloween quarantine. Very cut, you know, tells you what you want to know. But essentially this article goes through each of the streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, and it tells you what is good, what to watch. And if you're not subscribed to these things, but you've been looking into a subscription, maybe you look through what each of them are offering, and then that's how you make your decision. But either way, it's a really great article to let you know what's good to watch so that you can stay in, get some, you know, get your roommates together, get some candy, get some hot apple cider, maybe some pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I've also learned how to cook apple crisp during this quarantine season, mm-hmm. so I think I might make, make that before putting on my costume and sitting on my couch to watch some really awesome movies. Absolutely. You know, there's... Uh, I did not even know that so many of these movies were on these these uh, streaming platforms. I've always wanted to see, you know, classics like uh, Poltergeist. I hear that's one of the scariest horror movies out there. And it's on Amazon Prime. 
And because I, when I was editing this article, I saw that Poltergeist was on Amazon Prime, and I actually watched it. Not as scary as you think, Tommy. Is that right? I was. Yeah, well, here's the thing: is when these came out in the '80s, scared everybody, scared the bejesus out of them, right? Mm-hmm. And my parents would, would tell me these like really, really scary movies, and I've watched them now, and they're just like they're scary, but they're you know a little bit older. So I think you know if you if you want someone to hold their hand, you know you, you have your roommate Christian, but <laughs> I, I think I think it's. It, Definitely fun too to just pay tribute to these older movies and and stay stay in and stay safe. Next, we are going to talk about the lemon. Mitchell, I am very excited to hear about this lemon article you wrote. Okay, so the Poltergeist movie may not be may not have been scary, but this article is terrifying, Tommy. Really? It is breaking news. Catacombs discovered beneath Bonaventure Hall. Can you believe that? No kidding. Essentially, four students, four residents of Bonaventure, went down to, apparently, uh, the article says that they were they're going to study scripture with a, uh, you know, they, they had everything necessary. They had, you know, some sage to cleanse the, the space. They had a, a bottle of blessed blue raspberry vodka uh-huh. to... Do whatever you do with that. Of course. And religious a, stuff, probably. Religious stuff, exactly. And they got down there and they under they uncovered these catacombs. And apparently about a mile of catacombs have been uncovered from beneath the surface. And it's all the talk in Bonaventure. I mean, our reporter, Mitchell Shaw, me, went uh, over to Bonaventure and talked to some of these people, and they said that they are seeing some paranormal activity so, going on. Such things as like lights flickering on and off. The shower curtain's moving back and forth. Oh, my goodness. And one person, too, said that she had a similar experience of where she her mouth felt dry. She was getting cravings of the, of the munchies. She also apparently had some sage oh, for, for yeah. room cleansing, Somebody, too. Right, I've heard that. I've heard that. But the most shocking thing, Tommy, the most shocking thing that I uncovered mm-hmm. was from a student in isolation and quarantine in Tracy Hall apparently has been seeing zombies walking back to the catacombs from going out and wreaking havoc on, on the cross, apparently. Wow. And they've, they've made themselves safely back to their catacombs, to their graves, you know, so that's good. But very, very bone-chilling article. Very spooky one for, to, to read as you're, as you're uh, staying safe this Halloween weekend. That is certainly terrifying. You know, just as you start to feel safe on campus, you learn about all these little things that have uh, snuck through the cracks. I, uh, how do they access these catacombs? Is this some hidden passageway they stumbled into? Essentially, that's what it was. And uh, one of the students, uh, Anya Visigoth, mm. she uncovered this apparently back in September, and she frequently visited this site because she felt like it equalized her, made her feel calm. Certainly. To be honest, Tommy, she gave me the heebie-jeebies. I didn't sure. stay too long with her. She, she was a very odd individual that uh, I felt like I got what I needed, you know, and I moved on quite quite quickly. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she was the one credited with finding them. Uh, there's still yet to be an announcement from the university of, of how to uh, either transport these bodies to a more suitable home or if they're just going to seal it off and leave it alone because that's, that's the resting place. 
definitely something to be concerned about. Definitely. Certainly. And if they choose to shut them down, I hope we can find another safe spot for students to uh, study scripture, study their scripture with their sage. Tommy, do we have any new editorials to talk about today? We certainly do. We have one editorial that was written by Jamie Curtis titled Help Celebrate LGBTQ Plus History Month. So I'll just read you a little bit of what she said here, and that's October is a special month for a lot of people. Of course, you got Halloween, right? But for members of the LGBTQ plus community, it marks an important event in history. 26 years ago was actually the first celebrated LGBTQ plus history month. Really? Really. <laughs> and the interesting thing that Jamie points out in this article, she says 26 years, and still we are facing many of the same issues. In a study done by the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, many students do not feel safe in their schools. And this was in a 2019 survey where more than 50% of students between the ages of 13 and 21 who identified as part of the LGBTQ community reported feeling unsafe in their schools. Um, the cultural shift of the acceptance towards this community of people has been working at a very, very slow pace, much slower than any of us would hope for it to go. So I think this is a beautiful article by Jamie to emphasize the importance of this month for the LGBTQ plus community and a good reminder for all of us to spread this love and inclusiveness as far as we possibly can. Great read. Check it out at lumen.viterbo.edu. All right. We will return with Cambry Prochowska from the Ed Education Club just after this brief intermission. And welcome back, everybody, to the Lumen Podcast. Today we are joined by Cambry Prochaska. Thanks so much for being with us, Cambry. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited. Oh, we're very excited. Cambry and I, we go way back. Is that right? Oh, yeah. All the way back to freshman year, Cambry and I have been besties. So I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to, to be on our podcast, be on our show, to talk about Education Club. Woo-woo, yeah, I'm thrilled. Should be fun. So can you tell us a little bit about your role in the Education Club? Absolutely. I am the co-president of the board of the Education Club. It's really fun. Um, there's like six of us on the main thing. So every role is kind of like split up. There's co-president, treasurer, vice president, historian, all of the normal things. But yeah, co-president is mine. So you're like, you're like the big wig of the club, right? You know, I'd like to think so. But my other co-president, Allison Kubert, is more of that than I. And then we also have Josh Lichty, who is our professor and the uh, main person to go to. So yeah. So you mentioned that Education Club has 40 members. So is it like an election process? Is everyone up on the docket? Do you have to volunteer yourself for it? How does that work? Yeah, so for the previous years before um, COVID, it was um, you would vote. But this year, the past presidents, they chose who is going to be um, the president, vice president, stuff like that for this year. Um, so it's been quite interesting. Yeah, it's been pretty fine but yeah oh, so you just had to bribe whoever was here last year mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of weird but just because we didn't really meet that often just because of COVID and everything so we didn't really get to know each and every one of us very well so Josh was like well I have them in class so I can kind of help guide you to which role I think would be best fit for each person so 
it was strange. We will see what we do uh, for next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what does the co-president of Education Club do? Oh, goodness. Well, right now, our main focus has been for safe trick-or-treating. So we probably won't even think about any of that until it's over. Hmm. But for us right now, we're kind of the go-to person of what to purchase for everything. Um, so we get the uh, monetary or budget from the treasurer. And then we kind of say, hey, yep, let's go forward with that. We come up with the ideas for what we're going to do. And then we kind of just say, hey, you guys like this? It's very collaborative. We try to not have it be like the presidents have like the whole reign on the show. We want everyone to be involved. Um, even if you're not even on like the what would you call that? Exec board, kind of? Kind of like that, yeah. So even when we're in a meeting with everyone else, we're like, what do you guys want to do? And then we kind of get the information for that and we bring it forward. Um, so yeah, basically making the slideshows for the meetings, getting everything ready to go is our main thing and keeping everything organized, I guess. Well, you teased it a little bit, and it gets me so excited because as soon as you say the words trick-or-treat, it gets a spooky mood. This is the a Halloween-themed podcast that you're a part of. I'm very, very excited about it. So what can you tell us about this safe trick-or-treat experience? Yeah, so in the previous years, we would set up in the gym that we have on campus. We would put up um, doors that we'd make out of paper, and we'd decorate them all. And we lay it out in a pathway for kids to go to each door, get some candy. And we always have fun Halloween themed games. We would have an inflatable haunted house. But this year, because of COVID, we weren't able to do that. So now we're going to be doing a little drive up, drop off goodie bag. Um, we have activity sheets in there, lots of candy, um, little trinkets like the spider rings and the glow in the dark fangs and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's not what we all wanted it to be, but we are still serving the youth. So that's the, that's the main purpose of it, you know? Oh, yeah. That brings back a lot of memories. The, the little rings that didn't, that yeah. no matter what age you were, didn't fit on your finger and would leave like those little like red marks from being pressed in, you know? Yeah. I wonder yeah. how many kids had to get their fingers amputated because of those things. You know what? Probably just a few, just a handful. <laughs> just the a trick handful. was that you had to get, you had to get um, all your buddy's rings, like all your friend's rings and put it on one finger. So oh. it just looked, you know, it would get all purple. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Complete the Halloween zombie look. All right, so with, uh, with this, you're expecting kids to still come up dressed up for Halloween, right? Wearing a costume? Yes, we would love that. Even if they can't come out of their houses or if they can just stand in their driveway or in front of their door, we will be dressed up in our cars and we'll be getting out and waving to everybody. So I'm really hoping that they dress up because that'd be super cool. Oh, wait, so you're driving door to door? We are driving door to door. Yep. So you're bringing the candy to, to the children of lacrosse. Yes. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited. It's going to be a long Halloween day, but honestly, what a fun time. Just co go in your car, listen to some Halloween jams, and bring candy to a bunch of kids. It sounds super fun. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. What are some of the songs that are going to be in your playlist for that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Of course, like the Monster Mash, Thriller oh, yeah. by Michael definitely. Jackson, you know, all of those. It's going to be great. <laughs> Cool. Do you know how you're going to be dressing up this year? 
I don't know because I have to wear a mask. In the past, I was like a, a mouse, but I'd have the whiskers with the eyeliner on my face and stuff like mm. that. And so it's going to be covered up. So I found that um, uh, Walmart has a bunch of animal masks. Or maybe finding one of those. That's clever. Because that was kind of, that's like the biggest part about it is like you got your base costume, but you know, for a lot of people, it's the intricacies of the makeup that you do that really makes Halloween fun. And it's difficult when you got one of these bad boys on. So I'm guessing that this whole thing sort of started just to make sure that every kid in the city can have a safe experience on Halloween, right? Yeah, I mean, we all know how it is being around in this, the, the big part of lacrosse. Um, uh, it can be a little sketchy sometimes, so we just want to make sure that every kid has a safe experience, especially if some parents are like, "Let's, we're not going to go trick-or-treating out and around town. So having a place where they can go every year, um, we've been doing it for 10 years now, over 10 years. So um, having some consistency with that safety is really nice. And we wanted to still have it, and we really weren't going to say no to anything, um, honestly, because we were like, the, the kids need this they've been saying like, you can't have any other activities. So we didn't really want to be another activity that they couldn't go to or another event that they couldn't go to. So we're going to make it work in any way possible. <laughs> That's so great. You know, it's like trick or treating was like, I don't know, the best. I did it up until I was like 15 and then my parents were like, okay, this is getting really <laughs> creepy. You need to, you need to do something else. Yeah. So. <laughs> So did did the different families have to sign up for it and opt in for it this year? Yeah, so we didn't know how um, extreme it would be. So we we basically picked six different schools around um, Viterbo. We sent them a Google form and then the families filled it, out, filled it out, put their address. They didn't put names just for privacy reasons. Um, and then how many bags that they wanted to be brought there. So we have it all on a Google form. We're making routes. Um, I think the 27th is the last day that they can sign up for it. So we'll be making routes and then hanging the routes out and then going out Saturday right in the morning. So Let's say that somebody um, is 21 and wants to have candy delivered to them. <laughs> Good question. Well, the schools that we went to are elementary and middle schools, so I oh. don't know oh, okay. about right. that. Well, all right, all right. If you want a goodie bag, I can make you a goodie bag. <laughs> okay. No no uh, private Franciscan Catholic colleges major list by a chance? Probably not, you know. <laughs> but you guys can come and drive with us if you want. Everyone has a co-pilot. So. Oh, yeah. As long as I got ox. Oh, my goodness. So they should have been sent out by the secretary of the schools that we sent it to. Um, but if they didn't receive it, we're going to send out another um, reminder email to the secretaries of the school. So hopefully that gets out there. We also put it on our Facebook page for the schools that are receiving it. We didn't really want to go to for too many schools. I know it's not that nice, but because um, we already have like, we're already driving all the way to home and all the way to Alaska, even farther than that. And we just don't have the resources to do that. So um yeah, just making sure you're checking your email. And there's also an email at the bottom of the Google Sheet if you have any questions to email us about that. So You can only do so much. Franciscans can only be so good to the point where you literally get physically exhausted. So yeah. I'm, 
you know, the fact that you're going all the way to Holman and on Alaska, that's that's really impressive. Yeah, that is it, incredible. It's really nice. So we have a, um, a few um, students in the education club who are from Holman. So they're like, yeah, we'll go there. We know how to drive around the town. So yeah, they volunteered to do that. So we got all that good stuff going. Did, did you have a lot of success in finding volunteers for this? We did, honestly, it's kind of tough because we didn't know how many volunteers outside of the education club that we could have, but everyone who's been coming to um, the meetings have volunteered to drive or volunteered to co-pilot with us. Um, so I think everyone who's been coming to the meetings is gonna do it, which is really, really nice. So it should, shouldn't be taking us too long if we have 10 plus people driving around. Awesome, wow, that, that's just, that really like makes me, I don't, you can't tell because I'm wearing a mask, but like, okay. I'm just like smiling ear to ear. I, I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of children per se. <laughs> uh, I think they're, you know, a little bit annoying. Uh, they, they're, the fact that they're always like wet from something or sticky from something bothers me. Yeah. But when I see them smile, that's just, you, you, you can't, you can't not like that. Absolutely not. Halloween's so exciting because they get to be anyone who they want to be, um, especially this year when they haven't even been able to be themselves. Honestly, they've been um, so unstructured from everything that's going on. A lot of them got told just last week that they aren't going back to school. All of them thought they were going back to school tomorrow. And that was kind of taken away from them too. And they were so excited because they're going to see their friends and their teachers. And so hopefully we can bring them a little joy um, for Halloween. For oh, definitely. Happy. Stuff being a, a bored kid at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I would I would hate it right now. <laughs> on the subject of being who you wanted to be, Cambry, what was your like? Did you have like a a go to costume from when you were a kid? Like your favorite costume that you wore maybe two times in a row? Oh my gosh, I was oh there was one year where I was a pop star, and then the year oh. after I wanted to be a pop star again because I feel like that was after the whole Lizzie McGuire movie came out. I know it's like. <laughs> so Oh, Lizzie McGuire. Amazing. And then I got to that age where I was like, I don't want to be cute anymore. I want to be scary. So I had to be a scary zombie. I had to be something scary every single year after that. So. How about you, Tommy? Oh, you know what? I My parents were too kind. Every year, like a week before or two weeks before Halloween, we'd always have a day where we'd go out and look for a costume for the year. But I always wanted to be something spooky. You know, you had to be the, the ghoul with like wrapped in gauze or, or whatever, you know? I think that's kind of where I usually added. One year my sister was a, was a table uh, with the spaghetti dinner on it. So we had, you know, we, we lived in different worlds. <laughs> you went to a spaghetti dinner? Yeah. Yeah, that was what my sister wanted to be for Halloween. <laughs> well, okay, so I guess you guys had normal childhoods because for three, almost four consecutive Halloweens in a row... I was disgraced military general Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> no, you were not. Were you no, really? I seriously was. I have the photos on my phone. I could show. I'll have to, you know, podcast oh, listeners won't be able to show you it. But my no, seriously, this costume uh, was built by my aunt, and uh, well, a couple of my yeah, my aunt Pam and uh, my aunt Kim also helped out. But like, we built this costume together. For history day at school and then it was my all-time favorite thing at any moment that i wasn't wearing that costume was a moment wasted mm -hmm. <laughs> it was 
I, my dad even made the big like the big track like the big what do they call those the big, the big hat you know with the oh, leather yeah. yeah which was way too big for my head so it kind of was comical but that was mine. Just imagining like a little eight-year-old Captain Crunch. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the perfect picture for you. Yeah, that's awesome. The Boys and Girls Club of Lacrosse, those kiddos need us so much now than ever. So if you have any extra time in your day, please volunteer. We have a place on campus at the Matthew Center. We have places all around, such as Huber and Holman. So you can go online at BGC of Greater Lacrosse, Boys and Girls Club of Greater Lacrosse, and there should be a volunteer section that you guys can click on and sign up. So go do that. Wonderful. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have a very special game to play with, with Miss Cambry, so stay tuned. And we're back. Thank you all for tuning in. We are here joined with the lovely Cambry Prochaska and the lovelier Mrs. Prochaska, if I'm not mistaken. She uh, is, is joining us for this really, really fun segment. We're going to play Guess That Film by its bad review. Oh, no. I, I also like to call it Spooky Film Reviews. Okay. And basically, I'm going to read a bad uh, review, a really, really bad review of a cult classic uh, Halloween movie. They're, they're movies that we've grown up watching, okay. that we still love. So if I were to read the, the movie description, basically, the goal is that you would be able to be like, got it, I know that movie. But to make it a little harder, it's a review, and these are all written by parents about their kids. Oh. You know, if, if, if their kids should be able to watch this movie. So they're all PG, PG-13 kids movies. Not and I, there's one movie on this list that I don't think you guys have seen, but, okay. I, you know, you may surprise me, so. Ooh, I'm excited to test that. Ready to play? Okay, cool. First film. The uh, review says, Nine-year-old daughter called it a waste of time. I'm not sure how family-friendly fr family -friendly it is to watch three women get hung. Don't care if it was to, to develop the plot. A sentencing scene would have served the purpose. We didn't laugh or feel moved by the film until the very end, when the spirit of the little girl takes her curse-released brother to heaven. We regret watching this lame, cliche-heavy turkey. Apparently, it's quite a popular Halloween movie. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it's a kid, you said it's a kid movie? This is the all all uh, five of these movies are kids, kid kid friendly movies. Yeah. Is it? Is it the Hocus Pocus one? The Three Witches? Oh, it's, yeah, that's what it is. Right on the head. Yes, it is. Yeah, great guess. So I've never seen that movie before, and I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be upset with me. But that was like the Three Witches. So I'm just, I'm just Cam, well, you've never seen Hocus Pocus? Honest, I'm no. honestly in the same boat. I've never seen it either. But I knew it had three I'm witches sorry. in it. I, I'm sorry. I know of it. That was going to be my guess too, if it makes you feel better. I just blew my mic out because I'm so surprised. Hey, you know what? Maybe next year, maybe next year, all of us can get together and watch it for Halloween. 
lovely. Well, okay. Cambry has Mrs. Prochaska seen Hocus she, Pocus. She has. She has. And that's, yeah, she told me the answer, actually. <laughs> she told you the answer? Quite possibly. <laughs> well, okay. The point doesn't go to you, Cambry, then. It goes to Mrs. Prochaska because she has taste. Okay. <laughs> I. Hocus Pocus is like one of my favorite Halloween movies. It's so yeah. good. Bette Midler's in it because, oh, okay. you know, the, the lead character is a redhead. So, Cambry, you, you, you should be watching it, yeah. supporting your people. She is. My aunt worked her a couple years ago for Halloween. Your aunt was, was the, the lead witch? Mm -hmm. It was uh, quite the costume. I forget her name. Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Well, okay, so point one goes to Mrs. Prochaska, but are you ready for the second movie? Yeah. Okay. The title for this one is, uh, ellipses. The title of it? <laughs> that, that's the, 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 like, the review is, like, title, review, right? So this one says, uh, ellipses. I just watched this movie because I wanted to see the musical. Gotta say, I'm confused. It was eerie. It honestly, also kind of gross. Also, the main character is a pervert. Didn't see that coming. There's only one remotely likable character, and the rest are either bland or strange. It was kind of hard to follow what was going on, but I still appreciate Tim Burton's movies. Don't get me wrong. I just probably won't watch this one again. So What's the movie? No, it Oh, I know this one. Tommy, you think you know it? Oh, I, I 100%. I would bet my life on it. Okay, what is it? Beetlejuice. Hey. It is Beetlejuice. Nice job. I just love, I, I love to think it's probably like one of the music, like a, like a music theater student, maybe a music theater student for Turbo that's like, oh, I'm going to watch this cool like vintage movie because I like the musical. And was, then they're just horrified. They were so offended by it. <laughs> I really like Called Beetlejuice a pervert. Though. Good. What? I, I thought the movie was pretty good. Yeah, Beetlejuice definitely is a pervert, but it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice was like for for a lot of kids, I think, like a cult, like like their their favorite one, right? For me, I, I was too I was too afraid of it. Really? It scared me. Yeah, I didn't like the big like grotesque faces and costumes and stuff. Yeah. It just it. As a kid, I was pretty. I was also traumatized by the movie Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, wow. so I was a sensitive boy. <laughs> To put it lightly, but it, was Beetlejuice a favorite movie in the in the Prochaska household? I don't know if it was a favorite movie in the like the household per se, but I loved it growing up. You loved it growing up, yeah. <laughs> My mom loved it growing up, so that's good. I always watched it on ABC Family because, well, when it was ABC Family instead of Freeform, because they always had the Halloween movies come out on my birthday, so it was like the best birthday present ever. And I'd be excited. For oh, that's awesome. Time, so. Yeah. That's a, I'm 0 for 2 as far as having seen these before goes. <laughs> oh, for t you haven't seen oh, Beetlejuice funny. either? I haven't seen Beetlejuice oh, either. <laughs> Do you just hate this holiday? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've seen a, a decent amount of Halloween movies too, so I guess we'll see what else is on here. If none of these movies have been seen by Tommy Krobe, this whole episode is just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next movie. The title says, good for teens, not okay for younger kids. I just watched 
with my five and eight-year-olds and really regretted it. It is very macabre, violent and dark. The main characters are dead and have eyes falling out and worms coming out of their body parts that fall off. There are scary evil kids who kidnap Santa and sing a song about hitting Santa with a stick, boiling him alive, and chopping Santa into bits. I think it is probably okay for teens, but if there were a way for me to undo my children seeing that, I would. Yeah, it's definitely Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Are these too easy? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you brought up Santa, and that's Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. surprising. I guess Charlie Brown the Great Pumpkin, but... Yeah. Is it really that? You're going to guess what, Tommy? <laughs> what? Oh, I, th I totally thought you were describing it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Worms and body parts falling yeah. off. Oh, my. I just love the part where she talks about uh, there, there are scary evil kids who kidnap Santa and yeah. sing a song about hitting Santa with a stick. <laughs> that was too far. Too far, way too far. That, crossed, that, that was what crossed the line. Yeah. This was also a movie that scared me a lot when I was growing really? up. Really? Oh yeah. Why? It was basically it was because of that 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 dude who was like a uh, like a burlap sack oh, filled with bugs. Yeah. Uh, Oogie Boogie. Uh, yeah, Oogie Boogie. I don't like that guy. He scared me. He still scares me to this day. I don't know, Cambry. Did you like that movie growing up? Did, were you a big uh, Night Before Christmas girl? No, I didn't mind that one. I like Corpse Bride more though. I almost put that one on this I list. I love that yeah. movie. But I kept finding as I was putting this list together that a lot of them are Tim Burton movies. Mm. And I realized Tim Burton controlled our, our Halloweens growing up. He's yep. got so many good movies. Okay, maybe those first three were easy. But this next one, I don't think either two of you are going to get. Okay. Really? Wait, before we move on, Tommy, have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, I have. I love that movie. Okay, good. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just wanted to set the record straight. You we, know. Got, we got one of them, yeah. Hey, one for three. <laughs> okay, this next one, none of you are going to get. Not even you, Mrs. Prochaska, and you've got great taste. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says the title, definitely not PG. I watched this with my seven and nine-year-old daughters, and they were scared of the skeletons. The, this movie should not be PG. It should be PG-13. There were talks of suicide. They showed a man hanging by a rope who hung himself. Very scary skeletons who come to life. A devil's curse. And the word ass were said twice. This is not appropriate for younger children at all. I'm very disappointed in Disney. Oh, oh, a haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy. Oh my gosh! Wow! wow. <laughs> right on the head! So good. So good. I, I talked to a lot of people, and none of them have seen Haunted Mansion. I'm yeah. so surprised. It. Who says? That's ridiculous. I would watch that all, like, over and over and over again with my sister because she was afraid of it, and I loved laughing at her being afraid of it. So. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy. He's my, like one of my favorite people. Mm hmm. Have you been to Disney World and like on the ride? That's my only experience with the movie. Is I've only been on the ride. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. The ride you weren't confused the entire time. Yeah. I just loved everything. I was also, uh, you know, this movie came out when I was starting to near like my 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 
10, I was almost like 10 when this movie came out. So like the, the girl in the ball with like the, the yeah. curly hair, yep. I was in love with her. Yeah. yeah. I would I like, like watch the deleted scenes just to see like more of her, you know. Wow, you're a dedicated oh. fan, Mitchell. Oh my goodness. She still she still has a <laughs> soft spot in my heart. Yeah. Well, that's wow. Look at that. The Prochaskas. They they. If if there's ever a movie night at the Prochaska household, I hope I get an invite because you guys yeah, are gonna be, be watching something good. Be invited. Good. Not Tommy because he doesn't like movies apparently. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't seen <laughs> out of myself as being too lame hasn't seen Beetlejuice, Hocus Pocus or Haunted Mansion I'm no. disappointed Jeez. okay so we got time for one more movie yeah and uh, I'm interested to see if it, this description is like is like vague enough where you might not get it or you might get it right away but we'll see okay it says not family appropriate exclamation point a demon possessed a woman who is begging to have one of the protagonists inside her. And you think this is a good family movie? What is wrong with you guys? For this alone, I would never let my kids watch it. Would Sigourney Weaver let her kids watch this movie? I doubt it. Unless she is completely depraved, she would be totally embarrassed. The reason Ju Jodie Foster made this movie made the movie Tim's Island is so that her kids could watch a movie that she was in. She wouldn't let them watch her other movies. Even she has better standards for her kids, and she grew up in Hollywood where anything goes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just really like that review. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters? Ah, it is Ghostbusters, yeah. My mom got it, so that's, that's her, that's oh, her. Are you a big Sigourney Weaver fan? Uh, yeah, I think so. I like her movies. She's different. She's different. <laughs> Do you think she's more appropriate than Jodie Foster? No, I like Jodie Foster better, I think. Oh! <laughs> well, uh, apparently this reviewer has the same, the same opinion, but uh, she doesn't like Ghostbusters. But really? I, it's a I, great movie. It's, it's a good classic. Oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, think of a more uh, recognizable, like, soundtrack, like opening song. Oh, right. Ghostbusters? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so good. I'll sing yeah. it all day now. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy? Yeah. Have you seen Ghostbusters? I, yeah, I have. I. I, yeah, I, I know Ghostbusters pretty well, but I don't think I would have got it from, from that review. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what that was my goal, but gosh, yeah. As soon as as soon as Ms. Protraska heard Sigourney Weaver, she was like, Yep. Got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> this one was really, really fun for me when I when I was looking at old bad reviews because there are so many for Ghostbusters. Really? Like, oh really. People had a lot of issues, especially in the because I was looking in the parents section for these movie reviews, and so many people hated that uh there's a scene where like one of the ghosts kind of like pulls down a zipper and there's like a total like like a very very vague connotation of like oral pleasure you know mm -hmm. people went to the hill and back with that they hated that and nobody liked uh, uh bill murray's character from what i was reading they're like he's not a good role model for kids he's just a sleaze bag because wow. yeah. he wanted to <laughs> like possess possess sigourney weaver or something like that are you guys bill murray fans 
I would say so. Um, Zombieland, very good movie if you haven't seen oh, yeah. it. <laughs> His little cameo. Um, oh my gosh, that was so good. He's probably like, yeah, just a little bit. I don't know. I think he's good. But... I love him. I think Bill Murray's awesome. I love him in Stripes and Groundhog Day. He's just like, he has like, he plays what all of us are feeling or want, how, how we want to go about day, just be like not even caring about a single person. Yeah. One of the better Garfields. Like oh, definitely. Yeah. I think Gar yeah, Garfield's a little underrated. I like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite movies as a kid was Garfield. And then I grew up and found out everyone hated it. And then I was just traumatized. Yeah. I never really watched Garfield that much. Oh, okay. Well, we have reached the end of our interview with Cambry Prochaska. I'm very sad. It was really lovely having you on today. It really was, yeah. It was fun, it was fun. Since we were talking about movies though, I would love to leave our viewers with something they should watch for, you know, because one of our articles this week was strictly about what to watch for this Halloween season. So before we leave today, before we take our last break, Cambry, Tommy, I would love to hear your recommendation for the Halloween weekend so that we can stay inside and just, you know, stay safe and watch a good flick. What's your recommendations? And Mrs. Prochaska, we would love to hear from you too, if you want. Hmm. I don't know of any movies that would be like super good, but if the kiddos at home love watching scary movies, but the parents are not a fan of that, have them watch the series Creeped Out on Netflix if they have it because that scares me <laughs> and it's a kid show. So have them watch Creeped that. out. Yes. It, it freaks me out. It's weird. Yeah. Cool. So it's a little bit like Goosebumps? Kind of like Goosebumps, yeah, but there's never like, um, I mean, in Goosebumps there was never a good conclusion either. So yeah, definitely like Goosebumps. Yeah. Cool. Mrs. Petraska, you got a, uh, a, a movie for us or a TV show that you like? I think one that we watched a lot when with the kids when they were growing up was Casper. It's a great family-friendly movie, and it's really fun and entertaining, I think. Mm -hmm. I was going to put Casper on our list of movies today, but there were too many good reviews about it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing really bad about it. The only the only bad thing that was said about Casper was when uh, the ghosts are like eating all that food. And the, the poop joke that's made about it going right through them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some parents were very furious with that. They're like, oh, Jokes, joke about feces is not something we uphold in our good conservative household. Oh, my goodness, like, oh, okay. boy. <laughs> Can't talk about anything anymore. And that leaves you, Tommy. What should, be, what, what should we be watching this I, weekend? You know, one of my favorite um, uh, Halloween-based movies when I was a kid was Monster House. That was, I don't, I, there are a lot of, I feel like there are a lot of suggestible jokes in that one too, but it's, it's I believe it's a kid's movie, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it was made by Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah right. right. So, so that's, that, 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 that one will always live, live in my heart, heart as, as, a, as, a, as a prominent, prominent uh, child Halloween movie. Yeah, you seem like a kid who would uh, love, I don't know, you just seem like the kind of like guy who grew up watching Monster House. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just take it as it is, I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, for me, I love Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp. Like mm -hmm. that. Oh, you know, it's just, it's such a good story. I love the, the story about Ichabod Crane and the, and the Headless Horseman. It's just, it's such a cool 
concept for me. And uh, I just, I love the movie and I love Johnny Depp in it too. So I would say either that one, yeah, that, that, that's a good one. That's a good one for yeah. That one or Halloween is good too, or like any of the scary ones, but that's not for kids. Right. If you want something that's borderline scary for kids, Sleepy Hollow is also really good. Yeah, it's good. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Cambry and Mrs. Prochaska for being us today. Thank you for playing with us. Thank Thanks you guys. For Thanks for having us. Yeah. We hope you the best of luck with your with your safe trick or treating. And uh, I encourage parents once more to make sure that they fill out that Google Doc so that they can, you know, en enrich their children with happiness yeah. during these, you know, sad times. But uh cool. awesome. Anything more you wanna say, Tommy? No, I guess I just echo. Thanks so much for joining us, both of you. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Yeah, well said. We will return after this short break. And we're back. What a great interview. That was terrific. I learned so much about uh, Education Club, or Safe Trick or Treating. What a beautiful service. Well, really, really, really lovely interview. And I, a big thank you to Kemi Prochaska and Mrs. Prochaska for being with us today. It, so much fun talking to them and very informative. And it's just it, honestly heartwarming, too. I really I feel good. I feel really good, too. Like I just uh, drank a nice warm cup of apple cider. Oh, I make some really good apple cider, Tommy. Do you? Very, very good, yeah. You have to put your money where your mouth is, Mitchell. Yes, well, you know, there is... It's probably the secret ingredient that I put in there. Now that uh, now that I've just had my twenty first birthday, uh, it's been it's been very popular a very popular beverage for this uh, holiday. Love, is that is that the secret ingredient? It is. Love? It is love. Yes. Oh, I see. Hmm. Much love has gone into my apple cider. I see. That's wonderful. Yeah. Everyone has been feeling very well loved after drinking my apple cider. I'm very glad to hear that. Well, I got a big thank you to the Prochaska family. Uh, a big thank you to you, Tommy Krobe, for again joining me on another wonderfully successful episode. Oh, well, thank you, Mitchell, and thank you to all of the listeners this week. Tommy, your closing remark this week. Well, Mitchell, it's got to be the same as last week. Everybody, if you have not yet, please go vote. Go vote. Such an important election for a so lot of us. So important. So important. For, for many of us, the first presidential election we'll be able to vote in, so... Make it happen. Exercise that right. It's going to benefit a lot of people. It's going to benefit millions of people. Hundreds of millions. Be, be a voice, not an echo. That's beautiful. I just thought of that. It's, it's probably really from something, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> it just felt right. It, felt, it came from my heart. It was lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> and also, make sure that you see Julius Caesar this Saturday and Sunday. And also keep in mind, uh, just reiterating from last episode too, In Limbo, streaming November 20th. Keep that in the back of your mind too. That's all I have to say. And Viterbo, continue to be the wonderful Romels you've been during this pandemic. Together, we're going to make it through. We're going to see Christmas and another glorious semester here at Viterbo University, just as long as we keep up the good work we're doing. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Mitchell and I want to wish you all the most fun and safest Halloween imaginable this year. And to Mitchell's cousin, Dan, we both wish you a very wonderful night. 
Thank you, everybody.